Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So welcome back to Talking Ship, everybody, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. I am Megan Fitzgerald. I am Victoria. And we're here, everyone. We've made it. We're finally at season four of Insecure. This episode is all about season four. We're talking condola. We're talking big, heavy conversations and really cute, asymmetrically cut red shirts. We're talking about... I hate that right. I hate that right. She looks good on that date. Yeah, we're talking getting back together. We're talking redeemed couch sex. Sex on couch 2.0. Redeemed couch sex. Thank God. And we are obviously going to be talking cliffhangers. Uh, end of season four and is a doozy and so at the end of the episode we'll also chat about our predictions for finally season five yes finally i've been waiting for the prediction part yeah we usually cut it out but just so everyone knows every episode vic's like i think this is gonna happen we have to save it because it's what everyone's <laughs> gonna look back on and tell us uh if we're right so we may be listening to this in a year from now and being like you fool Probably. Uh, but before we get into all of that, we're going to go into relatable content. My favorite part of every podcast is you singing that part. One day someone's going to be like, Megan, do you want me to just like record the jingle for you so you don't have to do it? So <laughs> yeah. someone's out there. Enough of this. <laughs> Anyone out there wants yeah. to do that, please be my guest. Okay. So obviously we're talking season four version of Issa Lawrence, which we'll talk about their growth. It's a very different version than season one, Lawrence and Issa, thank God. You may be in an Issa Lawrence situation if you can't stop watching your ex's Instagram story looking for an opening, Mm -hmm. looking for that thing that you can logically respond to that doesn't make you look crazy or desperate. Because you can't really just kind of enter into their lives without yeah. a reason. I, I've of. also, I recently tried to do that on someone's Instagram story. Oh no. I was like, I'm just going to shoot my shot. I'm just going to see what happens. And I just like reacted to something and it's someone I haven't talked to in years. And I was like, but let's see, they watch all of my Instagram stories. Maybe they've been waiting for me to say something and nope, silence. So right. <laughs> oh no. I got to say though, the reactions that iPhone has created in, in Instagram, so you don't have to actually say something. You can just like yeah. thumbs up or thumbs down it or heart it. That's kind of, it's a cop out, but that's what oh, I yeah. do. I'm with you on just like, you know, responding to it with the smiley face exactly. with the hard eyes. And then, see, and then see what they do from there. Or, or don't, don't do, do. In my case. But you know what? <laughs> uh, you live and you live. <laughs> oh, you do. Okay. You might be in an Issa and Lauren situation ship if you're having a good time with your ex all mm. of a sudden. And this one, and probably all of my in today, they all come with a caveat. So it wasn't really all of a sudden, as you and I have discussed. There, there was clearly a very mm-hmm. long journey. But they did go from a very bad place to a very good place. You know, it, it kind of was just like, oh, we're, we're friends. Oh, we're more than it friends. It kind of just happened. I feel like they, like, looked around and were like, oh, we're yeah. here. You may be in an Issa Lawrence situation if you can't stop comparing your new and perfectly healthy, perfectly good, perfectly beautiful relationship with your ex. Not necessarily a bad thing, but not, not really, really a good, good thing. thing. Yeah. Either. If you just can't get that little like bug out of your ear that's like, but what about this person needs to do it this right. way? There's a degree to that that I think will always be normal. But if it's not going away, mm-hmm. even when everything's good, I think you got to take a look at that. Absolutes. You might be in an Easton Lawrence situationship if you can envision a new future with an old Ooh, ex. Yeah. Who would have thought those two news and olds would go together? But I mean, we'll get into this, but the 2.0 versions, it's a different you. So you see a different outcome than what you did before? Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. My next one is similar. It also has to do with the 2.0 version. Mine is you might be in an Issa Lawrence situation if you reconnect with them as the 2.0 version of themselves. So you still have, yes. I think it's easy to, A, what you were saying, like not see a future with the new person and also not be able to click in the same way because you've changed. I used to describe seeing my ex as like, we're not vibrating at the same frequency anymore. The puzzle pieces are kind of adjacent rather than matching. Exactly. But if if they are matching, you're in an Issa Lawrence situation. Yes. Situationship. So this next one kind of goes hand in hand with what you just said. You might be in an Issa and Lawrence situationship if you stay the same you that you've grown into when you hang out with your ex. Mm. 
something that we mentioned yeah. last week was it's easy to fall into your old habits when you're with a person from your past. And they didn't really do that, which is impressive. Is a big accomplishment. Yeah, a big accomplishment for them because they're totally the types who would be back on their old bullshit. And they didn't really. They were they were very cordial and happy and fun and lighthearted. Even to Good the point them. where she's like, mm, that's not my drink anymore. You may be in an Issa Lauren situation if there are a bunch of unsaid things between you and your ex and you care enough to say them. That caveat's important. Yeah, because obviously we all have unsaid things with our exes. I just don't think most of us care to get all dressed up and put on makeup <laughs> or even see them again to say it. I know I don't. Right. You might be in an Issa and Lauren situationship if you're happy for their successes. Oh, yeah. But in parentheses, I wrote including relationships, Mm. question mark, because I couldn't really tell if that is the case here or not. It's interesting because I feel like at the beginning, Issa genuinely is excited about Condola. But then I think it fades as she starts to realize her own feelings about Lawrence. Like by the time they're on the date and he's like maybe going to see Condola later that evening, you can read pretty clearly that she's not happy about it. Maybe it's too, yes. So I think maybe she tried to be happy for her and Lawrence. Maybe she tried and couldn't, or maybe her thinking it was weird to be in this weird love triangle, which by the way is very understandable. Maybe her thinking it was so weird was masking her happiness she had for him. I couldn't really read Issa in this this part, but how she really truly felt towards Condola. Which, which I think this is part of my, we'll come back, we'll circle back to this, because it'll, it'll be back. part of my prediction of what is going on with Issa. Yeah, circle back. But I, I do think she gave it her best shot. I think she put on a brave face to try to be pro-Condola, and that shows some growth. growth. Yes, she tried, and that is something that we just, that's something we don't see from her until very recently. So I like that. Growth, as Kelly says. My last one is uh, in, in very similar, just kind of to echo, is the chemistry feels weirdly natural. There wasn't that awkward revving up to, to you know, let's quickly get through the small talk, and it's awkward, and you got to kind of just muddle through it. It was natural from, from, the, yeah, from the get-go. Yeah, especially on their big, you know, the big famous date that everybody talks about, the date that starts at the bar and goes to Art Walk and ends at his apartment. I feel like that... It, it, it's similar to how I just, I feel like I tried to describe the Nathan date. I feel like every moment was a discovery of, oh, how easy is this in a, in a different way in, in yeah. the Lawrence version. Before we get into the plot, I think we should set the scene of who these people have become by the beginning of season four, because as we said, there was growth. They're a very different version of themselves than they are as season one. So let's just, let's set the scene. Let's start with Lawrence. Who is he top of season four? Who, how would you describe Lawrence? I'm not going to say fresh out of his hoe phase, but he is, hmm. I I would say he's, he's grown. I, I don't know another word to describe besides he's just, he's grown. He's, he hasn't been through it as hard as, you know, other people have by the time you get to 32, mm-hmm. 33. But I think he's had he's had enough singledom and he's realized that singledom is not for him. Yeah. And he's just trying to find his his girl. But Issa's always, not in a bad way, lurking behind, lurking in his head. I, I, I like where Lawrence is. I think he was I great. I do too. And I'm just going to warn you right now. <laughs> the last episode of every season, I tend to get a little cheesy because I get very sentimental. Okay. But I just... Are you no, going to cry in this episode? Maybe, no. But I am going to say <laughs> that I think I was trying to also, as you said, find a word for it. And I think that the word is that Lawrence is very secure. <laughs> like You cannot get off I the can't. insecure it, like, happens. It's a word I use <laughs> when I talk about relationships all the time. And then I was like, wow, it has to do with everything, though, because it does. Like, re- Anyways, this is part of my thesis. But yes. at the beginning of season four, he is I think of all of the characters that we've kind of followed the most sure of himself, the most secure, he is ready to ask for more in his career. He, as you said, is over having casual sex. And I think he is at a point where he, he mentions um, in season four that there are things that he thought he should want that he realizes doesn't actually Mm -hmm. make him happy. And I think that's a huge part of growing up is being like, Oh, all these things I, that were supposed to make me happy don't actually. And I think that shows a lot of, groundedness and now I'm just trying to look for words that aren't secure but I feel like he's in a really good spot something I'll say about Lawrence I will say he knows what he wants to feel I don't know if he knows what Mm, he wants mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we're all kind of like that where I know, like, I can picture how I feel. Like, I can match the color to how I feel. I can try to envision my lifestyle, but I don't know the tangible specific things that will get me there. I agree. I think that's the same with Lawrence. We'll talk about who they are and then what they want. So let's just talk about what Lawrence wants right now. I, you know, we see him at the end of season three kind of go through this thing where he goes to church and he's kind of, it seems like he wants something Mm -hmm. to give his life meaning. Church doesn't really work for him. And so I think for him, the thing he's looking for to give his life meaning is a relationship. And that's why he has this frustrating conversation with his dad where he's like, why does it never work out? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you have to make your happy ending. And then he goes and he reconnects with Condola at the very end of season three. I think you're right, though. He's just looking for something. And I think for him, he thinks it's a relationship. And then at the beginning of season four, I think he thinks it's Condola. Quick side note, the parents in the show are so unhelpful and vague. Every conversation they have, like when Molly finds out her parents or her father cheated on her mom, and then she can run her mom and she was like, why'd you get back with them? And, you know, you would think there's going to be some yeah. deep story. And she's like, because he's my husband. And then you're like, oh, great. Okay. It's the most vague conversations with all the parents. I wonder if that's intentional because I think in other TV shows, the parents bestow this wisdom and it's this big. Right. That's what but expect. I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe it's intentional. Of like sometimes your parents are absolutely unhelpful and cannot get you through these tough moments of your life. Lawrence, I mean, had a deep conversation with his with his dad, but also not really. And I was like, where's the that deep resounding voice from right. the older generation? I thought that was right. so interesting. Anyway, right. moving on. So speaking of um, being a mess, I think we'll talk about where Issa <laughs> is at the beginning of season three. Actually, ironically, she's not a mess kind of for the first time in a while. And I think it's because she, if for the first time in, since we've seen the show, is pretty comfortably single she's like sleeping with the tsa guy Mm -hmm. but she's not her life isn't centering around nathan or daniel or lawrence or anything and her her life is really kind of centered around the block party so she's really alone for the first time in a while even because she's growing apart from molly she doesn't have molly to lean on so she's become very very independent Yes. The Molly Issa drama in season four is great. I would say with Issa specifically, season one and two is her making messes. Season three is her cleaning up her messes. Season four is her containing Mm -hmm. it. She's not really making it. Maybe there'll be a small spill, but she cleans it up pretty fast. I like Issa finally. And you know that she and I have come a very long way from season one. You know, Issa was not my girl. But she's very, um, just to steal your word, she's she's pretty yeah. secure. Yeah, more than we've ever seen her. I feel like the biggest romance of the show, the biggest will they, won't they, is you and Issa of, of will they or won't they work out their beef. <laughs> the thing I will say about her that I'm very confused about is that I can't really tell. You know, we're actors. We like to talk about objectives. Issa right? wants to get the block party done. She wants to make that happen. Besides that, I can't really tell what she wants. And maybe it's the same thing as Lawrence, where she kind of understands the block party made her happy. This kind of entrepreneurship, dealing with music, like centering black voices, like that made her all happy. It doesn't seem like she really knows what she wants in relationships. It also like, and we'll get into this, but I, I don't know that she truly knows that she wants Lawrence specifically. I just, she still feels very nebulous. Think about all the time how you're like, Isa, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And I still don't know that we have mm-hmm. that answered in season four. I think maybe the beautiful thing about that is that for the first time, she doesn't mm-hmm. want anything. And that's also a gorgeous thing because you're you're content. You, you didn't make it by any means. Obviously, you have ways to go in many aspects of your life. But for the first time, she's kind of settled and she's stable and she's not like lusting after some type of you know vision yeah. of herself. I think she's, she's reached her vision right. as of now, like for this particular phase. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. She's she's no longer the season one Issa of like, I want to be this version. I want to be this. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I like who I am, finally. And it, it took her a second to get there. And I think she, I think she's put in enough work where she deserves to be yeah. content. I'll give her that. So that's where they're at. So let's start to get into the plot. The season opens with Lawrence and Condola are a couple. Issa finds that out a few episodes in. But let's just let's just get into our takes on Condola, Condola and Lawrence. What are our thoughts on her? Do we like her and Lawrence together? I love, I love Condola. Condola. Once I got to know her. I really like her. She's got her shit together. She's pretty. She's smart. She's real. She's nice. You think she's going to be a side character? Turns out she's very important. 
but I really like her the entire time from every second. I agree. I of all kind of of all the women on the show, I feel like I relate to Condola the most because yeah, absolutely, uh, she plans things, and uh, that's what I live for. She's smart. She's witty. She makes friends very easily. She's like all on board with helping Isa. So, so helpful. helpful. So together. She didn't need to be that helpful. She could have been no new friends about it. And she wasn't. Yeah. And that takes some generosity because once you hit yes. your late 20s, I feel like it's, you know, very rarely trying to meet new people. I'm not trying to meet new people. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. And I think the her and Lauren's relationship, I enjoyed their dynamic and everything. I don't think it was fireworks, but I got it. And I think for both of them... In different ways, they were like the level up in each other's lives. The next logical Mm -hmm. step, you know, we just talked about Lawrence is like looking for something or someone to give his life meaning. And she's this amazing person we just described. And she is recently divorced. And we don't really get into the details of what happened, but it doesn't sound healthy. And Lawrence is this amazing, sweet, put together, respectful guy. Now... Now years of growth. And, you know, Isa says, like, I feel like she gets the upgraded version of him. She, Condola gets the version. And she does. does. And that's a hard thing about, I think, watching any ex become more of an adult. I think it's just really hard for Isa because it's pretty much in her face that she has to see it. Yeah, but also that's what happens whenever you... Whenever you and your ex exactly, run in the same yeah. circle, that's that's going to happen. Inevitably, the, both of y'all are going to move on. Ideally, you both grow. I think growth is our word for this episode, but ideally, ideally, <laughs> ideally, I'll both grow. So yeah, that's that's going to happen. That shouldn't have yeah. been a surprise. The Lawrence and Condola relationship kind of does end twice, but let's talk about the first time that kind of causes Isla and Lawrence to start seeing each other a lot more. I specifically am talking about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, just leave it to Thanksgiving to cause the worst holiday where the drama always, always goes, down. goes down. Always, always Thanksgiving. Too many people gather together and nothing's yeah. going to go right. And you know what I think the thing about Thanksgiving is too, is that a lot of the times you do spend it with friends. And so that mm-hmm. can cause just as much drama. <laughs> Who would have thought? Side side story doesn't matter. My last Thanksgiving, we, it was like some of my best friends all gathered together. It ended horribly. Ugh. Like four people went home crying. It's so weird how Thanksgiving is just the place yeah. for drama. Yeah. So at Thanksgiving, there's a couple things that happen. But I think the thing that really ticks Lawrence off is that drunk Nikki, one of Condola's friends, played by Robin Thede, because we just love fan-ups making their way into this show. And she makes a comment about how Condola really needed someone light, someone fun. She basically kind of makes her Lawrence and Condola's relationship seem not serious. And Lawrence is also pretty thrown because Condola kind of casually mentions never wanting to get married. Okay. Drunk Nikki, I don't, I don't know how you feel about this. It wasn't even accurate. I mean, it was, it's not some, it, it never felt like some frivolous relationship no. between Condola and Lauren. So I, I feel like it, that was so blatantly wrong and stupid and probably from being drunk that I would have brushed it off. Like, I wouldn't really have cared, but I think Lawrence is just uber sensitive, so kind of like how he was with his, his IT tech, you know, cool yeah. girl girlfriend. I think he's just, he's very easily, he's grown and he's stable and he's secure, but he is very easily triggered. Yeah, I agree. And I think also like he's just kind of recommitted to the Condola thing and making things work, you know, and not being afraid to like put in the effort to make things work. Yeah. And to be honest, I probably would rush it off too, especially if I had like brought it up to the person and they're like, oh my God, don't fucking listen to drunk Nikki. But Condola yeah. kind of says something of, well, you did invite yourself to Thanksgiving and I don't want to get married. And she doesn't stand up for yeah, your man. She doesn't defend it as well. Well, as I think she needed to, you know, that's not on um, Condola. You know, if you're not ready to get married again, if that's fine, that is what it is. Yeah, I also felt out of character for Condola though, because she's she's such a sweet, genuine person, and she must have her own. Besides the divorce, obviously, have her own side shit going on. But I guess she's this is this is post her knowing about Issa and Lauren. So I guess that is her yeah. side shit. Uh, I mean, if you cared more, yeah, Condola didn't handle that as what as well as she should yeah, have. Yeah, and I think it, maybe it maybe it's not more than the divorce. Maybe it is kind of the divorce, and it's caused her to put up more walls than I think maybe if we got Condola five years ago, then she would have. So then she brings up Issa in this fight on Thanksgiving, where she's like, "If anyone should be worried about an ex, it's me. You and Issa have all of these jokes, blah blah blah." And gets kind of jealous about it. So I think this combination of her not affirming him and also Lawrence doesn't really affirm 
her very well. He brushes it off like Issa and I are friends, but it's not as firm as I think I would have liked it to be if I was Condola. Well, let me ask you this. At this point in the season, do you, and the episode, do you think that Lawrence realized his true feelings for Issa 2.0 at this point? I don't think so. I think that he doesn't fully realize that that's what he wants until the end of their big date. But I do think that because they have had such good interactions this season, they've had some like good banter. Part of me feels like he's in this place where he's tried to deny the Issa situation for so long. And for so many years, I don't know if it was years, but for a very long time, he was really trying to put her in this box of I could never get back with her. She is a cheater, all that stuff. But I think, you know, after Condola kind of makes this comment about them still having all this chemistry and he sees her consistently being this. 2.0 version of herself with the block party and making shit happen, doing this entrepreneur workshop. I think he kind of lets his guard down a little bit. And I think he just lets his mind start to go there a bit more. And later he asks her, do I give up too easily on things? And I think he just kind of starts to question it, but I don't know if he knows what he wants. I think he's just starting to think like, is she the one I should be fighting for? Is she the one I'm not meant to give up on? But I don't think his feelings are affirmed until the end of the date. It's like when you deny something, you don't think it's true, but you're not ready to say that it's totally not true. I think he just hasn't taken the time to realize his feelings for Issa because maybe it was just so natural that he didn't realize, you know, how how far they've come. But back to Condola, I kind of see a parallel between... Season one, Issa and Lawrence, where they needed that catalyst to break things open. I kind of feel like Condola and Lawrence needed that same thing at a much smaller scale because it's the awkward elephant in the room where Condola is being compared to Issa, who may or may not be Lawrence's number one girl. We don't really know yet. But I mean, they got to kind of talk about that, too. This wasn't the way to do it. But I think Condola needed to say something albeit not at Thanksgiving right. dinner. Right, just in general. But she needed, she, she needed to say, yeah, never the time. But she definitely needed to yeah. call that out. But I think that she should have stood up for Lawrence more because she kind of, not that there are sides, but she kind of took the side of drunk Nikki by not saying anything because that's a pretty big yeah. accusation. And, and if it's an accusation that big, you should shut it down. But she kind of fueled the fire. And then Lawrence is so triggered. So the affirmations kind of just crashed and burned yeah. with each other. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like I like Condola a little bit less all of a sudden, but yeah, I still love her. I still her. love her as a person, but there's a couple things this season that she mishandles. And I like, I remember feeling kind of betrayed by her in the moment where I was like, wait, no, I, I thought I liked you, but are yeah. you this kind of girl? And I feel like that happens with, you know, later in life friends too. You assume you know who they are and then it kind of changes yeah. on you. Yeah. Agreed. I think this happens with sometimes with breakups where something will come up. You're right. The elephant in the room was that he's still friends with Lawrence. The elephant in the room is that she's recently divorced. And sometimes I think those things come up with a couple. And when you kind of choose not to fight for it, when you're like, oh, I actually don't want to defend my man. I don't actually want to cut Issa out of my life or be so enthusiastic that she is not more than an ex that I feel like that's kind of telling in itself when you know there's effort to be put in and both people kind of choose not to do it I think that's telling and I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of what happens with them is that they hit this road bump and they're kind of just like I like you things are going well but I I don't think either of them feel that the relationship is right enough to fight through these two big things Right. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's relatively new. It was deep and it was real. It wasn't frivolous. It wasn't some type of fling, but it wasn't super intertwined in their lives. Like there were, there weren't deep roots really. So this kind of leads, oh, uh, just because, because this is on the timeline of it, of where we are, I think now canola ghosting Issa over the block party thing. So childish. That was the moment she really lost me. Yeah. What, what? uh, Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Season four is coming back to me a little bit more. That was really weird, especially at least with communication between females and females, males and females, males and males. It doesn't matter. If you're feeling some kind of way to the point where you feel like you need a ghost, at least just say, I'm dealing with some things. That goes for Condola. That goes for Nathan. Just say something a little bit. Send a text. Send a text. It can be a vague text, but at least then... Why not? After you, it, it, and as someone who loves to plan events, you know how much she loved yeah. the party, how much it meant to her and the community. That was annoying. It was so high stakes that it wasn't worth being that petty. Right. Over. Anyway, that was shitty because Issa didn't do anything. 
Issa was low-key on your side. I was going to say, this is the one situation, the Lawrence Condola Issa kind of love triangle, where I actually feel like Issa did nothing wrong. She kept everything above the board. She handled herself respectfully. Mm -hmm. And even when Lawrence came to her and was like, hey... I'd rather you don't talk about Condola. She was like, okay. And then she like called Lawrence and was like, hey, should I tell Condola that we met? Like she tried to be the best version of herself that she could. She was thorough. She yep. was communicative. She was mature. She was great. Condola, I think, had some type of mental breakdown, which I'm assuming. I bet you like this right now is Condola's Nathan's escape to Houston. That's what we just witnessed. Exactly. Kind of all of this, the breakdown of the Condola-Lawrence relationship and also Uh, Some shit hits the fan at Lawrence's job. Lawrence is looking for the next step. And he kind of makes his Mm -hmm. way back into Issa's life. We just want to do a brief kind of aside of how Lawrence makes his way into Issa's life and kind of use this as a little side lesson in how to make your way back into an ex's life if you think you want to explore something again. Because I think Lawrence actually executes a very classic, Mm -hmm. tactical easy to follow move and he yeah. uh he's on that ig story and i think coming back gracefully into someone's life is not easy but i think coming back through an ig story has worked for me it works for a lot of people dms are dms are a pretty great place to just start something anything i really feel like people have probably gotten married out of dms by this point <laughs> a- absolutely yeah people are always the term is sliding into a dm and people are always doing it. Sometimes intentionally. Sometimes you're just you're like you, you, you see something. You're like, oh, cool. And you see a yeah. smiley face. It's just it just starts right. stuff. It's just exactly. such a catalyst. And what I will say, it just um, if we want to be specific, because I also have had people slide in the DMs that feel very weird. And I, as I said at the top of the episode, I feel like I have mishandled DMs. But I think what Lawrence does well is he responds to something that's A, kind of wholesome, and B, it looks like he responds to Issa and her brother together on Thanksgiving. It's something that is pertinent for him to respond to. So I think if you want to come back into your ex's life, like look for a logical opening. Don't just respond to any Mm -hmm. thirst trap with the fire flame because she has at least four other people that are responding to that thirst trap. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, because that's the point of a thirst yeah. trap. And so don't, don't be one right. of those people. You put yourself into a very specific lane if you're falling for someone's obvious yeah. thirst trap. And also don't be that person to respond because we all have those people that follow us that respond to every thirst trap that we post. And we're never going to date that person. Annoying. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't need your check-ins. We're not interested. The validation is kind of nice every other time you respond. But don't just be genuine. And, you know, I love how Lawrence was doing what – he was a genuine one because he knows Issa's brother. He was – Lawrence is genuine, even through his whole phase. He's pretty real. Uh, I mean, yeah, thank you to the people that respond to every thirst trap for making us feel better. Thank you for that public service. But you, our listeners, don't be that person. Yes. So he he slides in the DMs, like makes his presence known. Seems like they're chatting a bit. And then I think the other thing he does, which to me just shows the most growth. Just this is all the men who haven't, who are casually listening to this and haven't been paying attention. Here's where I want you to pay attention Mm -hmm. because he asks her out to dinner to have a conversation and to tackle this very hard, very difficult, very painful conversation head on and to be very upfront about it is the most masculine thing I think I've seen in all of television romances. Him being like, I want to have this conversation. I'm ready to have this conversation. I've grown into someone who can have that conversation. That is growth. A guy who speaks his mind, who opens the conversation mm-hmm. for something deep and not easy. We mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. We like it a lot. I like a man who knows his feelings and can convey them without grunting yes god oh good for you you and to show up to that you know makes it a whole night it does become a night understatement of the year (laughs) it's an event it is an event lawrence and Issa. this 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 art walk night yeah so let's talk okay let's go into are we ready to go into art walk night the date yes let's do this let's get this started this is this episode is called low-key happy and i feel like everyone who talks about insecure talks about this episode and just I, I watching these people fall in love again because I feel like that's it's what cute. it is because I don't think either of them yeah. go into this night being like I want to get back together with this person. I think it's a surprise. 
Mm-hmm. So we're going to, so the first, well, not the first big thing that happens. The first thing that happens on this date that I love that for me sealed the deal of, oh, maybe they do belong together is the moment where he's waiting for her at the very top of the episode. He's waiting for her to come to the bar. He puts a mint in. He like realizes his breath smells and they uh, tosses a mint into his mouth and immediately like chokes it up and spits it out. And it, it's this one, two punch. So he does that. And then Issa walks in and immediately falls to the floor. And <laughs> It's, cla- it's classic Lawrence Issa. Oh, these people are such dorks. And they maybe they are meant for each other. So that kind of yeah. kicks us off. But the thing, the main event, I think, I don't know. There's Maybe there's, there's actually several main events. But act one of this evening right. is this conversation they have over dinner, which is, I don't think I was listening to this conversation again. I don't think I've ever had a conversation this real or raw with this much grace ever in my life. Mm-hmm. over a subject that's very deep and personal. That's very deep and personal because I think when I've had these big personal conversations, either they're like in therapy or acting class, it's just yeah. a beautiful, we'll play a clip of it because I think it's a beautifully acted conversation on their part, yes. beautifully written. And it's really impressive that two people can speak this deeply and personally about something that happened to both of them. So here's a little clip of the conversation. Right. Sometimes I wonder like, oh, do I give up too easily on things i don't know i mean it might be obvious but i did wish you hadn't given up on us things that ever have between us yeah sometimes i used to drive around after work just to avoid coming home but i still wanted to be with you not him I just had a moment of weakness. Well, we were trying. We had recommitted to each other, so, like, some part of you had to want to blow that up. No. No, I was devastated. You know that. For an entire year, nothing I did could snap you out of what you were going through. You you didn't want to talk. You didn't want to go out. You didn't want to have sex. You didn't... You didn't want me, Lawrence. It's not that I didn't want you. I just... Watching you get up and go to work was this daily reminder that I had nowhere to go. Nothing to do. Why didn't you tell me that? I just couldn't. And then when everything went down with us, it was just easier to blame you. Then I didn't have to deal with my own shit. I think the most important thing from that one part Mm. of the night, just the conversation where they get all their answers. Well, A, it's important they finally got answers. It's a closure that never really happened. But I think what the biggest takeaway is that they're learning that the the downfall of that relationship, which was very deep and long-term and hard to separate clean because it was just so intertwined with each other, is that the relationship wasn't one person's fault. Like it, It didn't go down because Issa had sex with Daniel. It didn't go down because Lawrence was in such a rut. I think it's important for them to finally realize it it was the culmination of so many things. Everything was so much, there was so much cause and effect. It wasn't just, you know, one singular event from either one of them. Right. And that they're both able to admit that. Issa is able to admit it as much as Lawrence is able to admit it. I think that's huge. Yeah, I agree. Also, I will say, I never would have seen... Even in the beginning of season four, I wouldn't see Lawrence and Issa having a civilized, deep conversation unraveling all of their stuff. I think, it, I mean, it wasn't shocking, but I just never would have, I, I don't think they would have ever gotten yeah, to this point. Yeah, even he says that. He's like, if someone had told me a year ago, I'd be sitting here with your ass. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, I couldn't have believed it. And I, I agree, too. I even just think as, in terms of television shows, we so rarely get, this is a long scene for TV. It is, I don't know, like a nine minute scene of them unraveling yeah. all of this. And I think we so re- we so rarely get that as non-fictional people existing in our lives who can like really talk it out with someone and be like, why did this happen? And to be able to distill it and say it so well. And so honestly, we get that very infrequently non-fictionally, and I don't think we get it very often on TV. So I think you're right. I think it really took me by surprise, too, where I was like, wow, they're they're really saying it. They're really saying all those things. Yeah. The thing that I really, I think, gave me some peace in like, okay, if they are going to get back together, here are the things that 
if I was Lawrence, like I would kind of want to hear. He says something along the lines of, we had recommitted to each other. So part of you must have wanted to blow that up. And she responds, no, I was devastated. And I think that idea of cheating because you want to blow something up is so relatable. And I think that is a lot of the time why people do cheat. And I think it was important for her, even like years later, to say in the aftermath of the cheating, no part of her was relieved. She was devastated. Right. Because I think sometimes cheating, you know, blowing things up can be like, okay, relief. Like now I have to move past it. And I know people who have cheated because they are looking for that. And I think for him to hear and for her to acknowledge that that's not what it was. It was just truly Mm -hmm. a fuck up was important. Yeah. 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 Because what you were saying earlier, I don't know if it was two two episodes ago or one, you have to ask yourself when you're in an infidelity situation, are you with a cheater or did that person Mm -hmm. cheat? So I think that's definitely what Lawrence is finally real. I think his, his, his quick reaction is to be like, you're a cheater. You, you are an asshole. You're a bitch, whatever. I think it took him a while to figure himself out and then realize it was just a fuck up. She's not a cheater. She just fucked up and she was in a place just as bad as you, just in a different way. Yeah, I agree. And so this leads very nicely into the next thing I was going to ask. Let's talk about forgiveness. What do you think needs to happen for someone to be fully forgiven? And do they get that in this conversation? I just, I don't know what it takes. It depends on the actual relationship and what happened, what the offense was. But in specific case of Lawrence and Issa, I think the forgiveness couldn't have happened without the growth, Mm -hmm. the word that we keep saying. I think they just couldn't connect. They had a connection when their relationship first started and stuff goes on in your life after what, five, six years, however long it was. It was frayed so badly. They each had to go their Mm -hmm. own way and really get themselves together. I think that was the only thing that was needed to forgive each other. They had, they just had to grow up. I agree. You know, you have those high school couples that probably could have made it, but you just were too young. They were just too young, emotionally immature. Yeah, I think the growth in that they, you know, we talk about like growing at different speeds. And I think that whatever has happened, whether she grew quickly and then he grew quickly or whatever it is, but they finally found the same kind of speed. And for me, it's also time. And I think time matters for two reasons. I've said this before, but I think one, it can take time just to heal from the pain and feel for the, from the hurt Mm -hmm. and be able to look at it logically after you're sitting with the pain. But I think two, time is a good measure for how long you give a shit for how long you care for. If my ex wanted to like sit down and rehash our relationship now, years later, I'd be like, literally why? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go downtown with you. I don't want to get dressed. I would not show up this cute. That's for sure. So I think that shows something that they still care. I just think if years later, if two people still care enough to sit down and rehash it and to want to see things from the other person's point of view, I think that says a lot. We've known about this about Issa and Lawrence, though. You can't really hurt someone without still caring about them. Because the reason why they were so terrible to each other is because they cared about each other. They care what each other thinks. They're always running around the same circles. They have the same friends. It's still it's still top yeah. of mind for them. Like even throughout the different relationships and fuck buddies they've had, it's it's always been Loki. I wonder what East is doing. What is Lawrence doing? Who is Lawrence with? You, you just wonder. And she was great with Nathan, and still Lawrence was kind of relevant. And Lawrence was great with, with Condola and she, and he thinking was still thinking about Issa. Yeah. Like they, they're always going to have that connection. And I think that that says something because I think, you know, I've been in big relationships and been in big breakups. And so, and eventually that I think goes away because I don't think I was meant to be with either of those people, but the fact right. that it's still coming up to me, that's kind of like, a, okay, now it's been enough time. Maybe now you can't ignore that. Maybe now that it's something that you actually have to examine is not just normal breakupness. Is this the person that you fight for? So that's the conversation. That's act one. I would say act two of this date night of this never ending kind of letting things unfold evening is them going to the art walk. Um, which is a conveniently mm-hmm. aesthetic. This whole episode is aesthetically gorgeous. They just shot it so well, but our mm-hmm. walk is a particularly beautiful background. One of my favorite parts of the episode, which is brilliant from like a writing standpoint and a falling in love standpoint, is you think for a moment that Lawrence might fuck this up and leave. And it's when Isa's kind of like, well, when's the last time you've been to Art Walk? And he's like, 
uh, not in a while, but you know what? You'll have to see me. You'll have to let me know how it goes. I got to go. And he goes around the corner. And I, I feel like I had this moment of like, oh, well, no, you know, that's it. Like he's going to go see Condola and she's going to be alone. And then he comes back where he's like, blah, blah. wow. How like, can I not make that noise? Um, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he comes back with like an inside joke because he had just met the TSA dude. And, you know, returning with an inside joke is just the way I wish all my men would return into my life. But he comes back and he makes her laugh. And he's like, no, of course, I'm going to go to Art Walk with you. Like, I'm not an asshole. I'm on the same page as you are about this night. And I just thought that was a really lovely, lovely little mo. He's just always been a nice guy. In this evening, the like art walk part of the evening, what for you stands out about their chemistry, their banter? What is the same and what is different to you? Kind of what we said before, it's what is the same and different is that it's so insanely mm-hmm. natural. We talked about that one day that Nathan and Issa got yeah. tacos they, and then she took them on a, a quick tour around LA and cancel that work it kind of felt like that but when we saw that date we were like holy shit they are so cute natural and genuine and fun that was people falling in love for the first time and i think that this reunion ish date with lawrence and Issa kind of blew that one out of the water we keep saying 2.0 versions but it was their 2.0 versions falling in love the same way you imagined their 1.0 versions did before all the drama happened So it's the same as in they belong together and we can see it, but different as in they've got their shit together while they're doing it for the first time. Yeah, I agree. I have so much to say about what you just said because it's so great. I, I, it's like falling in love 2.0, but having all of the shared history of 1.0, it's like a really good sequel where you're like, oh, it's so nostalgic, but also yeah, this is exciting too. So the difference between the Issa Lawrence and Issa Nathan that I picked up on watching this, Issa and Lawrence just have so much joy together, particularly the part I like is like when they're walking through the clouds of Art Walk and they have this riff about the born identity, the porn identity. They go on this little banter right. riff and they're so happy and just the way they're looking at each other too they're gleeful they're, yeah. they're very child childlike wonder glee and joy is a good word yeah, for it you're right there's a lot more joy in it than i saw in the nathan and i think that's kind of what both of them need in a partner i don't know like this is kind of what i want with my partner and my eventual happy ending let's hope is someone that i can have <laughs> Cross my fingers. Uh, yeah. uh, um, someone that I can have a great <laughs> time with that can bring me joy and also will be the person standing by my side in the tough moments. And I think this date kind of exemplifies like a little bit of serious and also a lot of joy. They look like best friends in this. I think uh, Issa and Nathan, that's a relationship that started as a mm-hmm. relationship. Issa and Lawrence feel like childhood best friends who grew up together who just realized they're in yeah. love with each other. That's what it really, that's what it yeah. looked like. It was that it was it was very pure is the word that comes right? to mind. Pure and also like deeply appreciative of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also really like they keep mentioning at different times about how they they're noticing things in each other that have changed, and we have talked about how that's really important. And I also think it's important they right. have this conversation. She says something of how she's trying to make herself happy. She says something about happiness mm-hmm. being a choice, and he's like, "I really like you like this." And then he has the conversation about like, I was doing all these things because I thought I was supposed to do them. So I think them literally just having these conversation shows the growth between, you know, where we met them in season one and now. And I like that they acknowledge it in each other. It's not just like I'm hanging with Issa again and that's it. But, but he's he's acknowledging in a good way, not in a not in a rude like, oh, look at you. You do this now. Finally, he did it in a way where it's like, oh, this is right. fun about you. Like they're literally getting to know each other again, but they have this the shared history, which mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. But also they're really good friends. And also they're sitting here being complimentary towards each other, which is something that we d- never really got to see because we only saw them at their right, downfall. Right. And in this combination of them being able to be like, you know, they talk about how like he really did buy a ring and he was like, oh, you just realized you ain't shit. And she's like, I really wasn't. And so they can have this joke about this. And also there's a point where they make inside jokes about their friends. It's, you know, we're just seeing it all. We're seeing this like lovely combination of the old and the new coming together in this way that I think is consistently surprising them and us as the audience of how well it's going. And it was beautiful. It was, it was beautifully directed acted and also just the storyline it was it was a breath of fresh air because all we've seen is them bigger and to see this was like oh, okay i get it you guys do 
maybe belong together. It also made me, you know, uh, pretty lonely. Um, I just had a really bad date this week. So then watching this episode again, and I was like, <gasps> oh, no, I mean, it, was, it was just fine. You know, it was like one of those things where, you know, the moment you show up four sentences in that it's not going to be a match. And then you can't just like really leave yeah, right away. Yeah. So then you see this and you're like, oh, well, this is what we all want. Lawrence is such a such a rare find. I, we'll, we'll never get a Lawrence. No. And I think I'm just having to accept that. Yeah, and that's the point of this podcast is accepting that we <laughs> can't have Lawrence one. and he is perfect. We're, I feel like the, the point of the podcast is we're going to turn more people into Lawrence's through listening. That would be really, <laughs> yes, people to realize their faults and realize, be more like Lawrence, be less like yeah. Lisa. Then come find us. Then, then come find Victoria <laughs> and Megan, yes. So let's talk about act three of the date, the end of the night. And, you know, again, she has all this acknowledgement of how his house is great and how he's changed. There's this moment of, though, he's been telling Condola that he's going to see her later that night. Issa overhears this conversation. And then I'll, I maybe I'll just play this clip because it's lame for me to just explain it. So here's the clip of what happens. Um, what if I wanted to stay? I don't know. Should we even? I'm not ready for the night to end yet. Tonight made me happy. You make me happy. Yeah, me too. So. So. Stay. And then kind of from here, they're pretty much, they are back together. Next time we see them, it turns into this like montage of them being back together. Does all of this add up to us buying that they are back together? Mm, I want to say yes. Mm. Surface level, superficially, yes. The components are all there. The emotions there. 2.0 is there. However, a relationship is going to have many other facets. Yes, we love them together. And they're all secure. But then we got to add in... The ingredients that no one likes friendship mm -hmm. jobs real responsibility and you know what what we said or what i said what you and i both said kind of earlier is you you tend to fall back into your old ways with your old mm -hmm. partner and they haven't done that but also it's still early it's a new relationship yeah. it's an old one but it, this is a it new is relationship a new yeah it's funny i think maybe the first time i watched it when they you know do kiss at the end of the episode i, I think i was maybe like this is too I don't know. At first, I maybe didn't buy it. And then watching it again and just really indulging in how lovely that evening was and how they say, mm -hmm. I don't want this evening to end. You make me happy. It's, sometimes I'm like, maybe it's just as easy as that. And like, maybe sometimes we all have to just trust this thing is making me happy. So I guess I should just follow my gut and go with the thing that makes me happy. And, you know, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. And I think in this moment, they're just trying to be this grown version of themselves that has learned to go after the thing that makes them happy. And in this moment, it's each other. So right. I don't know, part of me was like, maybe yeah. the simplicity of you make me happy is the way to go. I think not to be negative, Nancy, it's simple when it's just the two of them having a great night. Of course, it's going to be great. But that's just not what it's going to be yeah. like. Which, you know, other people do throw a wrench into their plan at the end of the season. So I feel like their relationship has seemed to be working through you know we're now revving up to the season four finale and condola's revealing her pregnancy i will say though despite being like whatever this seems simple as you said it the thing that doesn't sit right with me is that it felt really too easy especially because their whole thing has been fight for the thing that you think is right fight for the thing that makes you happy it really just they didn't have to fight nobody had to sacrifice anything right. nobody had to change so which, you know, maybe the writers were setting up because along comes Condola, who tells Lawrence she's pregnant and that she's keeping it, which is a huge change mm -hmm. for Lawrence, for Condola, and for the Lawrence-Issa relationship. I don't see the baby working out. Mm. And whether that Condola moves, a miscarriage, an abortion... I, I don't see the baby happening. It's such a left turn from what, from what I was expecting yeah. to happen. You know, so this is happening, as you kind of discussed earlier the last five, six minutes, you think it's going to end really happy with Lawrence and Issa. We're like, okay, they're back together. Great. Condola's kind of in it, whatever. But then for, for her to come back in it, you think it's going to be her airing her grievances or, you know, getting her closure that she needed, not bringing in a baby. I don't think she would do this, but like maybe there is no baby. I don't know. I don't, I hope there's not. I hate 
babies as plot points in TV. I I don't know if it's because I don't have a child and I'm not very empathetic and maybe one day I will and I'll also feel like children is this big life in whatever I understand children are this big is a big life changing thing but I just really don't like it in TV because I think it's some in some ways it can be such a cop out there are other ways to show that people can grow and can rise to the occasion I don't like it I think there's other ways to do it it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel feel like a show like in the the plot or not in the plot it just doesn't something is off about it but I think if the baby does stay there's no way Lawrence isn't going to stay for the baby you know what oh, I mean? Of course. As we've said many times, he's a sweet boy. He's genuine. He's kind. He will be there for the baby. But I'm just wondering, uh, predictions for specifically the baby, weird baby plot line, he will be there for the baby if there is a baby. He won't continue the relationship with Condola unless it's a working mother-father relationship. That's They're not together, but they're both there for the baby. Yeah. I, That's what I see happening if there is a baby. But for some reason, I don't. I don't think there is. I don't know why. There won't be a baby season five. I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. I just don't think there will That's be. That's so funny. Okay. Well, let's go into it. So I think this should happen in two parts, our predictions. I think we should talk about what we want to happen for Eastland Lawrence. And obviously now the baby is somewhat involved in this. So let's start with what we want to happen. And then if you think it's, if you have a separate answer for what we think should happen. I think I've wanted something to happen so bad that now it has become what I think will happen. But what I want to have happen is I don't want them to end up together. Mm. I think they are really cute together. And I think they can fool people into thinking that they belong together because they have so much history and they know each other so well. They've been through so much. I don't want them to end up together. I just, I think that, I think Lawrence deserves not better, but just better adjacent, different. I just think Issa is so in her own head at all times. Lawrence needs a perpetually secure, easygoing, chill girl. And I don't think that's Issa. I, I'm not, that's not to knock her, but I just don't think they belong together. What I think will happen is that Condola will move away with the baby. Issa and Lawrence will try to work things out. It will not work out. They realize they love each other, but cannot be together. It's going to be one of those tragic, like hopeful, hopelessly tragic relationships where I love you. I want it to work, but it just doesn't. That's what I think will happen. Mm, that's really fair. I see definitely how you got there, why that's your response, because I think there is something to the point that Issa hasn't totally earned the relationship yet. And I think that that has to do with everything we've seen for the past four seasons of Issa not being able to sacrifice for other people and not being able to put other people before herself and getting caught up in her own things. But what I hope happens, what I would like to happen is that, you know, I think what this show may be making the argument for is, you know, going back to being secure or not secure. I think that it might be making this argument of you cannot be in a relationship, in a healthy, functioning, long-term relationship if you yourself are insecure. And I think that the kind of the thesis of the show might be finding a sense of security in yourself and what you want to do and who you want to be and in who you want to be with. And again, we see Lawrence right now very secure mm-hmm. in those things. And Lawrence actively like had to fight for Issa. He had to pick Issa over Condola. He had to, you know, he was the one to reach out to have this conversation. We kind of see him assess the situation and make the choice for Issa. Issa has not had to do that in the same way for Lawrence. It really kind of seems like she fell into this, this date, this relationship. It all has felt so easy. So what I want to happen for, okay, for me to believe that Issa and Lawrence can end up together, what I would like to see is her to get to a place where she knows securely that Lawrence is what she wants. And I want her to be so secure in that, that she is able to be selfless because I think that's what security really is when you're insecure you are this like version of Issa that we don't how we haven't liked for the past four seasons of her being reactionary and making the wrong decisions so uh, all that to say I think what I would like to see is her have to make some kind of large sacrifice or change to have that moment of realizing Lawrence is who she wants and to have to be selfless in pursuing it I'm interested in what that looks like, what sacrifice that, like what that would look like for her. So here's what I think will happen. And okay. I don't love it, but I th- I don't love all of it. 
but I think this is what it's it might be. I think some of this is very specific and some of this is very... I know, bad. I'm nervous. I think for some reason, the season's going to start with a time jump. That's my guess. Like, I, we're fast forward in time and Condola is a lot more pregnant. Issa and Lawrence will start out the season not together because as she said, she's at the end of season four, she's like, it's too much, which classic Issa, classic all the things we don't like about her. <laughs> I think she might even get back with Nathan at a point during the season okay. and give it a real shot that it deserves. And here's my thing. I think Nathan is going to end up being the relationship that we love each other. We're just not meant to be because I want to believe that this show that Issa Lawrence is making the argument that they are soulmates. I hate that word really. Cause I don't actually believe that there's one person for everyone, but I think they are making the argument that they do belong together. It's just not going to be as simple as they want it to be. I think that's the argument that this couple is trying to make. So I think in order for that to happen, she's going to give this a shot with Nathan, realize that it's not him, it's Lawrence. And so the sacrifice that she's going to have to make is being in this baby's life, helping Lawrence okay. with raise this baby that she doesn't fully want to do. And again, like I don't really love motherhood as a culmination of a character learning to be not right. selfish, but I understand that it happens on TV. So I kind of think the season might end with her. You know how she has that fantasy about her and Lawrence's life at the end mm -hmm. of season two, where he's like this perfect life where he proposes. I think it might be this kind of parallel of she has Lawrence it's just not the life she thought it was going to be because it's been complicated by the world when the world is complicated and the world throws you curveballs. And I think part of the curveball might be the baby. And I think the big selfless thing she's going to have to do is be okay being that baby. I want to see a little more fight in them. And I think that fight will only happen if they both have this moment of you are who I want. And if that happens, if they both have this moment of you are who I want, then I am like all for them ending up together. But I, I totally agree with you. That needs to happen for me to be 100% on board. I think I'm like 80% on board with them ending up together. But I want to see that moment before I'm like, yay, happy ending. I believe this. I buy this. I think that they'll still be together, you know, for a while. Well, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, but don't worry, you get us for one more episode where we're going to cover all, all the other issues of Insecure that we missed. So in conclusion, what do you, what in conclusion, um, <laughs> like it's a thesis, what would you say is the overall takeaway lesson from the Lawrence and Issa relationship? This is just, this is season one to four, not just season four, but yeah. Issa and Lawrence, the biggest takeaway for me is that you should realize that if you're in a relationship and it's not working, don't wait for some terrible big event to happen. Maybe you need to take a step back and realize maybe we're just not working right now. Just give it a second to separate yourselves and let yourselves grow up and cool down and think and get some therapy and talk to your friends and look at them and look at you and take an actual, a real break. And then if you guys are meant to be together, your paths will converge again. But don't try to make something work that's just, it's just not working. Don't try to fit a square into a circle peg. It's, it's just not working. Take a second for yourself, for, for them and for you. And then mm -hmm. if it's going to work out, then come back together when you, when both of you have your shit together. I think that's the biggest lesson of this. Yeah. Don't be afraid to take some time apart. I think is huge. I think what ugh, the takeaway for me, everything you just said, and also I would tell someone to watch this show if they wanted a story about how sometimes the person is right, but the timing is not. I think if if all the things we want to happen next season happen and they do end up together, I think the argument that they're making is sometimes you meet your soulmate at the wrong time. You meet them when you're not secure in who you are or what you want. And sometimes... It is what it is, and you have to let it go. And I think that they did have to let it go for a while to figure out those things, what they wanted and who they were. However, sometimes, if you're willing to put in the work and you have the patience and the understanding and the fight, and you still care about this person enough to put on a cute outfit or to, enough to do all of those things, enough to fight, then you can find your way back to somebody if it's the right person. I think a lot of it for me comes back to this question of Lawrence asking, do I give up on things too easily? And I think these two are making the case of when it's right, don't give up on it. 
And that's all we have on Issa and Lawrence. I mean, that's not all we have. We have a whole bonus episode where we'll get to other things. But that's the thesis. And hopefully in a year from now, hopefully it's not longer than a year from now. But, um, you know, global pandemic. So whether it's in 2021 or 2022, when we're coming back and looking at Insecure Season 5 and how Issa and Lawrence wrap things up, we'll either um, laugh at ourselves at how naive we were or everyone will be wanting to give us writing jobs because we predicted the ending. So we'll see you then. Actually, we will see you next week where we will be having a kind of roundtable discussion on Insecure. And we're going to get into some of the hot button issues of the show, the issues that have people divided. Molly versus Issa, all the men that Molly messed up relationships with the best sex scenes all the fun stuff so uh vic and i are each bringing a guest to kind of represent a different point of view so we're going to get into it and we might even have a very special bonus interview for you but in the meantime you can find us on social media and we will see you next week everyone. Thank you for listening. That, as they say, is our show. We're here every Thursday talking ship about fictional people from television and, you know, occasionally non-fictional people from our lives make their way in there. If you enjoyed, I know everyone tells you to do this, but a quick review and rating really does help out new podcasts like us quite a lot. Thank you to Vic Hoffman for being here this season. You can follow her on social media at Victoria Hoffman 27. You can follow the podcast at Talking Ship Podcast. And you can follow me at OnlyMegan815. Ask me why the 815, because it's not my birthday. It's much more embarrassing. Talking Ship is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. So thank you to the whole team there for helping make the show happen. And finally, thank you to Chris Meisner for composing this wonderful theme music. And if you haven't already flipped to your next podcast, you can hear it now beautifully fade out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.